What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Handy Schlap Show. I am your host, the Reverend Jordan Schrader. And today is Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. We are going to do a sermon recap from this past Sunday, given by yours truly. Coming right up on Handy Schlap. Hello everyone, it is so good to be with you all this week, at this point in the week, nice and early in the week. It is currently thunderstorming here, just north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so if you hear some thundering in the background, that's all it is. So, I am going to recap one of my sermons I gave this past weekend for the Candy Schlapp Show. I thought it would be just... I've done this before, so I thought it'd be a nice change of pace and just kind of go a different topic this time and get a little more theological instead of topical here. And you know what? Today we are going to discuss the attribute of God that is his time and the way God works in salvation and ultimately the inseparable nature of God's love. When you look at all this, of his sovereignty, his love, and his grace, and how those all fit together into us, and how God relates with us, and how we relate to him. And you know, I just kind of want to think about these examples and I'm going to think about life with a disability and all my friends with disabilities. And um, some of them are believers. Some of them are still learning. And I see ultimately a lot of people um, really struggling with the life of disability. We've talked about this before on the show with uh, religion or faith and disability. And uh, does your faith um, interfere or uh, influence the way you live with your disability, or backwards, or vice versa, does your disability interfere with your faith? And that's the kind of discussion I like to have with people. How does your circumstance affect the way you believe? Whether you believe in God, or you believe in a higher power, or whether you think about um, the positivity or the optimism of life, and the ongoing nature of life. How does your circumstance, your situation, how does your burden, if you like to use that term, um, how does your difficult problems and your troubles affect how you feel about God? Um, is God, in the way we look at God, is it truly a morality thing, or is it both morality and intellectual um, or do we just say it's an intellectual thing to bury away our moral depravity and our moral conundrums that may hold us back and uh, give us an, an excuse to not believe in God to, to reject God to not look upon God is that how we really operate as people, are we fully rational beings or are we really emotional creatures with rational capabilities? 
And there are so many ways to study the human race, to study each other, anthropology, uh, psychology, sociology, history, math, science, and history unraveling the mystery that all started with the Big Bang, according to the Big Bang show theme song. But no, uh, I think about how timeless and how inseparable and how eternal God really is. You know, we may have these struggles right now, the struggles of disability and whatnot, mental illness, physical ailments, emotional behaviors that affect us in ways that may seem weird to other people, making you the weird one or the outcast or the black sheep of your family or social circles or your friends, whatever it may be, you just think about how even then God sees everything. God knew everything that was going to happen and he's present when everything does happen. So you have to think about, so if God knows everything that has happened, is happening, and will happen, you know, we can't see that. That's impossible for us because we are lower dimensional beings. Whereas God, in a scientific perspective, would be a much higher dimensional being in the sense of time is not linear, but nonlinear, or to be more 3D, he would be uh, cyclical. God sees time in a cyclical manner, as a circle, as an infinite, never-ending. He sees time without an A and a B, for he is the A and the B, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God sees the end at the beginning, and he sees the beginning at the end. How the end interprets the beginning, and the beginning interprets the end. He sees time. If you can call it time for him, he sees time all at once. And if God can see all of us all at once, and he's known us in the past through his chosen people, as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through the Israelites, or the Jews, through all those times, and all eternity, how God has known us forever, perhaps individually, but collectively. If God knows everything, then why do we suffer, is the question. If God knows everything, why do we suffer? Why do we live with cancer, disease, disability, traumas, pain, hurts, burdens, baggages, whatever? Why do we live with these things if God can see them already? Why do we pray if God knows already what we shall speak in our hearts? You know, and I think about the passage of Romans eight thirty one through 39. We're just kind of jump around it a little bit. But when you look at the passage, we'll read here together in a moment's time. And we're just going to read it right now, actually. Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. 
you know what? Paul opens up and says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or shame, you could say, danger or sword, as in truth? As it is written in Psalm 44, for your, Paul quotes, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am sure that neither death, life, angels, rulers, nor things present or to come, powers, height, depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah to that. So you really got to think about how the way God created us, yeah, he does see everything and he knows everything and he can do anything then why do we still suffer then well obviously number one because of the sin in the world because of rejection of god and his precepts and ultimately that rebellion and the shame that follows through with it yet what I love so much about verse 33 through 34, you got this kind of dichotomy going back and forth. If God is for us, or I should say it starts up in 31. If God is for us, who the world can be against us? The world may charge us, but only he can justify us. The world and the things in the world may condemn us, bring up our past, bring us down, break us, shake us up, but he intercedes for us. God takes our place through his son, Jesus Christ. He takes our pain, even though we must still experiences, experience the consequences of this world. And you read in like Old Testament prophecies of Jesus, such as Isaiah 53, where it talks about uh, the prophet Isaiah speaks from the past about the future crucifixion, how Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, how by his stripes or his piercings are we healed, not just physically, but ultimately spiritually are we healed for Christ took our place on that cross some scholars like to say that Jesus was 
kind of thrown in under the bus last minute that God did not inform the Christ that he was to be the sacrificial lamb, that he was unaware of what was happening. Some who are skeptics who observed the book of Mark like to say that. But no, Jesus was fully aware. Even the wording in uh, Isaiah 53, one of the prophecies of Jesus, if not the most famous prophecy of Jesus, states it in such a way that it's not just prophetic, but it has already happened. As if it's happening now at once, or has happened already. He speaks of it so vividly, the prophet Isaiah, that it's as if it's already been. You know, um, like you hear in the movie, The Ten Commandments, so let it be written, so let it be done. That's what Isaiah kind of does here. He does it in a way that, as it is written, so it has already been done. You know, he speaks on it in such an intimate manner. Not only does he seize it, but he experiences it. So that is what divine revelation is like. You are actually practically there. And because of what God does through Jesus Christ and how everything in the world, your depression, your anxiety, your family members, your friends, the evils of this world will try its best to pull you down, to be against you, to charge against you, like in a courtroom, to bring charges against you, try to condemn you in all of your ways, to make you feel like you are nothing, to make you feel like you are broken and not important, that you are not created in God's image. Jesus is for us and justifies us only in him, and he intercedes for us. For God's sovereignty is timeless. He knows us before we are even born. Before time, he's known us. And he cares about every little detail of us. For his love is also inseparable. As we follow in the footsteps of God's people, we get an interesting parallel of what does it mean to be in the image of God? No matter how our bodies are, how our brains are, disability or not, we share in the suffering of Christ and we share in the mind of Christ. We share in his suffering in that we too will experience persecution, charges and condemnation, condemnation in this world, pain in this world. But what Jesus says in the book of John, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. You will experience all tribulation. But God, in Christ alone, has overcome the world. You know, it's a gift, salvation. But a gift with a heavy price. It's kind of like if a friend just bought you a house or a brand new car just as a gift without a second thought it was very heavy but he did it for you because of his love for you at that point though does it come to an 
situation where we can or we cannot reject Christ. Well, we're not here to talk about that right now. Well, but I'm going to say as well that we may think we turn away from Christ. We reject the Holy Spirit, which, biblically speaking, is the unpardonable sin. We may reject God, but that doesn't mean he lets go of us. For God can never let go of us once we enter his presence. We may not always love him, but he will always love us. For God's grace is greatly eternal. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In his mind, and in his ways, and in his love and grace. Going back a little bit when they say that we follow in the footsteps of God's people, sharing the suffering of Christ and the mind of Christ, what I mean there is that nothing we do in sin, any suffering we go through, is unfamiliar to man and to God. For all that we go through is familiar with that. Nothing we go through is unknown to man. That's comforting when you dive into it. So we can reject the lie that we are alone and isolated and that nothing is going to save us. But God always rescues us. And everything we try to do on our own, it will be insufficient. Every law we try to upkeep, every precept, every rule and regulation we try to upkeep on the outside is insufficient compared to the glory of God that he has done in us. For he rescues us always. Now, I want you to think about all the suffering you've been through in your life and all of the pain that you've experienced in your life. The pain you're going through right now, the pain you have been through. Maybe you lost really close loved ones. Maybe you lost a parent or a child even. Suffering you can't even utter out of your mouth. You can't even speak of because of how painful it is. I want you to look at all your life and try your best to imagine the circulation of time. Not as a straight line as we do it, but all time as a circle. We as people only go through it. We're just passing through, hitting the highlights or the milestones, or going through chapter by chapter on our way to the end. But God sees it all at once. If you could do the same thing with your life, see it all at once and everything in it, would you still choose to go through with it? Would you still choose to go through with it? That's the question I asked my congregation. And that is the question I ask you, because no matter what we go through, 
God's love will never break, will never shatter. We may fall out of love with him. We may be bitter towards him, frustrated with him, whatever. So we're God's people. It's something unfamiliar to God. God has experienced it all from his own people, his own creation, his own children. So if we could see the things God sees, would you still go through with it? Something to think about. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you so much for this audience and everyone that's listening, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit bless all those who are struggling today in body, mind, and in their hearts, Lord God. I pray for your blessing over them in Jesus' name, Lord. And keep them peaceful and comforted, knowing that we are all safe in your loving grace forever and ever, Lord. That we have to love you and to honor you because we want to, not because we have to or we're just told to, but because of the, your great love for us, we too will desire your love. Pray this overall in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this special episode of Handy Schlapped. I am your host, Reverend Jordan Schrader, and I will see y'all next week. Stay cool, stay safe, take care, and stay classy. God bless.